Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place where we can have meaningful conversation in a safe place. We are your host. I am Pastor David. We have Pastor Caesar, Yo. and we got James. That's me. Hey, how's it going, guys? I'm doing really good. Your beard looks great. Thanks. I've been uh, growing it out. I need to trim it up. It's getting a little on the burly side. I need to get the the, the neck and like the upper cheeks. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I need to get that a little. Now, are are you one of those uh, beard oil guys? No. Have you ever tried the beard? I'm not oil? into it. It just to Let me it, it defeats the whole purpose of having a beard. Like, it's all natural. Wait, 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 what's the purpose of having part, a beard? I can't grow one. Reason, that's why I'm asking. Well, let me tell you. Part of the reason you have it is because you don't want to have to spend all this time doing extra grooming and like all that stuff, like shaving every day. That's part of. That's a good side. And then for me, it's like, the same guy that doesn't want to chew his food. Yeah. <laughs> so what can I say? Man, I got my priorities straight. Here, you know? And so, and then the other half of it is I have really sorry, sensitive skin. So like the more I shave, like the more irritated it gets and get all red and get bumps and stuff. So because you have, have all a, that hair. No, but no, that's not it. Because like when I shave, like when I used before I grew it out and I had to shave, like be clean shaven for work and school and all that stuff, I always had all these bumps all the time. Mm. And I guess it is partially because of the hair was growing. Because right. like you'll get it like wherever the hair grows. Right. But once you let it grow past a certain point and now it's like hairs there to such a stubble, then it's good to what go. What age were you whenever you started like bearding out? Nine. Oh, it was nice. I had to, <laughs> I had to shave my mustache in like sixth or seventh grade, but it was wow. just the mustache, and I had like the stupidest mustache for like quite a while because I didn't want to shave because qualify stupid mustache just like, real quick. The the thickest peach fuzz. You know what I mean? It's not really well, you like in sixth grade. Yeah, but I like I wouldn't I wouldn't shave it though because it was I everybody always said like once you start shaving you gotta shave all the time and I didn't want to have to shave all the time and so I just kept not shaving but eventually I pulled you know, the trigger. You know me because I I don't think I started growing facial hair to about twenty six and I ain't even lying. <laughs> That's, you know I, mean, I, it don't matter I am I think I have that 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 Mexican Indian blood in me from my heritage mm-hmm. or whatever so you know they're spotty yeah. yeah yeah just the spotty here it doesn't look good I, if i let it grow out it just looked like you know i just gave up on life like you got mange. but see being <laughs> able to grow a beard is only cool if you're allowed to have a beard like if you have a job where you gotta you can't have a beard then it's just a hassle because you have to shave like every day and it's so thing if you, you shave like by the afternoon do you already have like that that shadow the five a, o'clock shadow not as intense as what you're thinking, but yeah. a little bit. My dad's like that, though. Yeah, that's he'll, crazy. He'll sh- he shaves a lot. I hate shaving, man. I, ch- I try only to shave it once a week, maybe. I usually do once a week. I'll go in and I'll trim it up. Like yeah. what I need to do, I skipped a week. That's why it's like extra, kind of extra. A little. That's a lot of extra, bro. <laughs> a little extra, but yep, you know. yep. Well, well, man, we had a we had a good episode last week. We had Steve Quayar in here talking about. Uh, dating and dating your wives and your girls and stuff like that. So um, I had a good time with him. Um, hopefully we'll get him back again soon. So um, appreciate you, Steve, for coming out uh, last week and uh, leaving him with, leaving us with those gems. The love doctor. The love doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, real quick, quick question for you. Yep. Uh, how do you think church has been going this month of February? 
I think it was um, I think it was good. I know a couple weeks ago that I stayed for the early service and then didn't stay for the second service, and uh, they had just a, just a tremendous tremendous service, and um, so I went back and and watched it, uh, and uh, man, God moved. You know, it was one of those things where you're just like, oh no, COVID. But when when the Holy Spirit moves, man, you got to move with it. Yeah. You know, uh, so uh, I'm encouraged to see what God's going to do in 2021. Um, I was encouraged in 2020, uh, but and we don't have that happen, but, um, we just got to stay focused to see, uh, really what, you know, God wants to do in our life, no matter what's going on, no matter the pandemic, no matter what's going on in our personal, personal life, we have to be able to see past those things, uh, and to see God himself uh, yeah. throughout our lives. So. Yeah. I think the faith community definitely has a, uh, an opportunity in front of them rather than all these other, uh, you know, where they might look like challenges. I think us as Christians, we need to rise up and we need to see where the opportunities are because God has definitely shooken, shaken. What's the, what's the proper tense of that? Shaken. Shaken. Yeah. I like shooken. It's not a real Uh, word though. (laughs) But I don't like words. So shooken. No, shaken. Or shaken. (laughs) God has begun Shaking, yeah, there you go. Gonna shake it, and uh, if you know, I, I think there's been there's been different times. Maybe maybe nine eleven was the last time where where I think the church had an opportunity to really reach out and love, and and people were scared, people didn't know what to do, and um, for some churches they did capitalize on it, for others they didn't. Um, you know, I'm not saying let's pray on people's fears, not not at all. We don't do that. What we do is uh, bring hope. Bring hope in that fear and let them know that this is not the only way, that they don't need to be captives to their fear, but that God has set them free. And uh, no, and then, you know, we're going to roll right into, uh, you know, convocation. When is that going to be? Next week already? No. Yeah. Yeah. Next week or the week after? A couple weeks, maybe. Yeah. yeah a couple weeks. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be right around the corner. Man, and I'm... I'm over the moon about it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it throughout the day. Hopefully I can. Hopefully something can work out. Um, Jesus, you hear my prayer. But, uh, yeah, I know we already have at least probably about 50 people. Yep. Coming in. Yeah, 50 people signed up that coming in from outside of a church. And that's just signed up, but also with their spouse or significant other. Yep. So, so well, most of them have, uh, they're bringing somebody. So, yeah. Yeah, that's so. I know that's probably, it's probably not. You know what? You know what I'm hoping for? I'm hoping that we have even greater numbers that we've ever had. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Logistically, it'll be a nightmare because we have to prepare food, and that <laughs> usually happens weeks before. Yeah, but um, yeah, we're already preparing food. We're, we're uh, starting to prepare fifty at a time. So every time we we get to that next fifty, then we tell the, the people that are doing the food and stuff, okay, prepare for another fifty and another fifty. So. Yeah, at nights we're uh, because the youth take care of the the dinners and stuff. We uh, we're just gonna do for a hundred. Not unless like that, the next fifty come in, right, or something, and uh, then we'll move from there. But yeah, that's logistically it'll be a nightmare. But you know what? That's a nightmare worth undertaking because uh, it's important. These people that are coming, they are they're champions. Yeah, got some uh, stats I want to share with you guys. I just want to thank all you guys for listening and tuning in every week. Um, we have hit some milestones. We are now in ten countries. Uh, in 15 states All right. in the U.S. Flex on them a little yeah, bit. Come man. on. So we appreciate you guys for tuning in. We, 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 you know, we get the opportunity to come in here and act silly, and these two guys get the opportunity to make fun of me every, every week. Right, right, uh, yeah. 
Uh, so, but it's a good time, and I appreciate all you guys out there that are defending me and, and coming to me and let me know you, you want to take them, take them out at the knees. Uh, but listen, we have a good time up here. I love these guys. These guys love me, and it's all in fun. Take them out at the knees. Uh, <laughs> uh, y'all don't know, man. Some of these guys are coming up. They don't appreciate how y'all how y'all been talking to me. Uh, we but, do it out of love, you yeah, know. It's all love. I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel something. If that's love, I don't know what hate is. I don't want to know what, what hate they is. They say about friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but thanks for tuning in. And if you're, you know, overseas, if you're one in these countries and the Netherlands or Finland or China, Russia's coming in. Um, all over the United States, man, we appreciate you. If you're in the military, I know we got some guys in the military that listen to us every week. We appreciate you guys out there that are fighting for our country. They're keeping us safe. Uh, we know this is not free, um, that, that y'all, y'all give y'all's life for us to be able to sit in this, this room doing this podcast and acting silly. So thanks for tuning in. Hopefully this will get you by another week out there doing what you do. Right. Right. All right. Well, let's just jump right into Culture Your Corner. Watch me now. Watch me now. <laughs> right. Busy bum. Who <laughs> put in the watch me now? <laughs> Uh, hey, that guy got arrested uh, again. Yeah, that's not the culture corner story. Oh. No, no, but he got arrested for murder. He, sh- I didn't read the whole story. Busy Bone? No, not Busy Bone. Oh. The, the, the the watch me whip, watch me nay nay guy. Oh, really? Yeah, he shot his thirty four year old cousin and he killed him. Whoa! Who is that? Do you know the guy's I name? I forgot his name, but you know, nay nay, he's forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and uh, tell us what oh, you got, gosh. James, and I'll see if I can find the Nene guy. Let me find the Nene guy. Um, I was going to talk about GameStop, because everybody's been talking about GameStop. Okay, so this is interesting, because I don't know anything about it, so go. All right, so here we go. Well, this is probably a little out of date, though, by now, by the time this actually goes up. Oh, well. So maybe this, I hope this isn't, like, super I, old information. I wouldn't even care to listen to this back whenever it was fresh, so this is good well, for so me Well, so here now. we go. So basically... <clears throat> So I'm not very good at all of the um, all the financy that whole world stuff, but I know a tiny, tiny bit. So this is the gist of what has been going on. So there is a, there's this thing called shorting a stock, and uh, that is where. So first off, before I describe that, generally in the stock market, you want to buy stocks low, sell them high, and that's how you make your money. So you buy stuff, you buy stocks in companies whenever you think. It's uh, undervalued, so you're basically making a good deal on it. And then when it goes up to the value that is higher, uh, then you sell it, and then you make profit. So that's that's the general idea of it. But there, you can also make money um, when stocks go down doing something called shorting a stock, which is where you basically you borrow a stock from a lender, and uh, so you so you borrow one stock from whatever company. And uh, then in like a month's time, you got to give that stock back. But you think the value of that stock is going to go down. So you take, you borrow a stock and then you immediately sell it for, we'll say, 50 bucks or whatever. And then, but you're doing that because you think at the end of a month, it's going to be down at like 10 bucks or whatever. So then at the end of the month, you buy it back for 10 bucks and you return it to your lender and then you pay them a small fee. We'll say it's $5. And so in the end of that scenario, you, uh, you made like 35 bucks or whatever. But you do that like on a big scale, and anyway, so that's called shorting a stock. 
Hopefully I didn't explain that horribly terrible. But anyway, so people were, uh, so these hedge fund companies were trying to do that with GameStop and uh, other companies like GameStop, but specifically with GameStop. But uh, so there was this Reddit forum. Of Wait, all- to back up, they're doing this because they need cash flow. Yeah. So that's how these big hedge funds uh, produce cash flow in the business that doesn't have the cash flow. Go ahead. Yeah. And so, and also, so the people, there's this Reddit forum. And uh, it's of these people that think that that whole world is like super corrupt and not okay because you can basically you can drive the price of a stock up or down if you buy a whole lot of it and like you can basically manipulate the market to uh, to your own interest or whatever and make all this money off of it. And so this Reddit forum was these people who just think that's messed up and all that stuff. So they decided to basically just pull one over on the hedge fund guys, and so. All these head funds guys are trying to do uh, short the GameStop stocks. And uh, so these Reddit forum just got together and said, hey, let's just all drive the price of that stock up by just everybody buying all the stocks that we can. And so the more people that want to buy a stock, the higher the price of it goes up. Mm-hmm. So all these people are trying to short this stock, think the price is going to keep going down and down like a blockbuster thing or whatever. And these people just decided to all buy the stock and hold on to it to make the price go way up. And so that's why the stock went way, way up. And uh, so now all these this Reddit forum of people, they've got all these GameStop stocks, and they shot the price up. And so now all these hedge fund people that were trying to short the stock, they're in the hole, like billions of dollars, because they were betting a ton, a ton of money on it. And so that's basically what's going on. So at the time of you guys hearing this, I don't know what the outcome is. But right now, the stock's still up really, really high, and all the hedge fund guys are still super, super mad because they're about to lose billions of dollars. And all these Reddit forum guys are just, like, basically laughing at them, saying, look, it's a joke that you can manipulate the market, and it's messed up that you guys do that, blah, 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 blah. Right, and then so they went to the hedge fund guys, went to the government, they were like, hey, you can't let them do that. So then they cut, cut the trading off to these stocks where now they can't sell Mm-hmm. Well, they can buy. No, they can't buy, but they can sell. Yeah. So, so Robinhood was like one of those trading companies mm-hmm. that was like uh, making it so that you couldn't buy more GameStop yeah. stocks and stuff, trying to like put the market back. But the whole point of this was these Reddit forum people saying like, "That's what you guys do all the time." Is what we just did to you, right? And so their whole point is like, "It's not okay when we do it, but it's okay when these exactly." Big- and exactly. so that was like their whole point. So you hear all these people saying like hold the line and stuff. That's this people. The longer these people hold on to these stocks, the more that the more money these hedge fund people are losing. I also heard a report, and I'm not too for, for sure if it's true or not, but I heard heard they sold 140 percent of the stock. So they have 40 percent more stock sold. Yeah, it was something like that. Than they actually have to sell. Mm-hmm. So like all that's going to come due. And they're not going to have enough stock either to pass out or enough money to buy them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's going to be interesting how that how that comes due. Yeah. So it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it's all it's all fun until the you know, the rabbit gets the gun, right? Yeah. yeah. It's all fun until the rabbit gets <laughs> the gun. That's a good saying. Did you come up with that just now? I, I heard it ten years ago by this redneck. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's where I get all my financial data from rednecks. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, um, sounds like a whole bunch of first world problems to me. But uh, yeah, Right. There's people across the world to be like, golly, uh-huh. come on, guys. Come on, United States. Get it together. Yeah. You can't get your politics together. Can't get your, 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 your financial stuff together. Y'all just fighting over millions and millions of dollars. 
Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to get into it, but yeah, it's, it's rich people find about rich people things. I find it pretty amusing because most of the people that are doing in the GameStop world that are holding all these stocks, these aren't like rich people that have all this money or whatever. It's just a group of people that just decided to stick it to some of these people that are usually fighting over all these millions of dollars and stuff. Yeah. And they're just like, hey, let's put you on the other end of this instead of. And uh, yeah, and they're doing it. You know, whenever you, whenever people talk about racism and all that stuff, I mean, I know that stuff exists. Of course, it, it, it exists. There's there's people out there that have ugly hearts. We, I know that. So by this statement, I do not mean to, uh, you know, disqualify that. Mm-hmm. But it's just like the only the only color that really matters to people is green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, money. Yeah, it, it's money. It, it does. You can be a racist in your heart, and and uh, if you're chasing that dollar, you will put your racism to the side to make that <laughs> money. And, uh, and and hey, let's not let's not fool ourselves. Racism is a very, to, it's very lucrative. Whenever you work, whenever you work it, you can make money off it. Yeah. And uh, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's all tied in together. Whenever you look at you know, people fighting about money and, 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 and whether it's in in stocks, or whether on somewhere on Wall Street, uh, you look at all these football teams and all those kind of things. And yeah, Super Bowl. Whoa. You know, but yeah, didn't watch it. Don't care for it. Rich people crying about rich people things. Mm-hmm. Win or lose, they're all going back home to their mansions. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, when we uh, talked about the whole social media thing, talking about we are the product, mm-hmm. you know, and that's exactly it. You know, we're debating over things, but at the end of the day, they're counting on us to be their product that they're they're trading back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they, in the name of, uh, uh, of color, creed, all those different things, however they need to use, whatever they need to use uh, to get in our pockets, you know? So very interesting. Mm-hmm. I got one for you. Um, uh, America's favorite rapper, Kanye West, is back in the news. Oh, I saw that. Wait, wait, but I didn't read it. Tell me. Yeah, he's being sued for $30 million for a class action lawsuit. Now, when I read this, and I have some bias because... Um, I kind of like Kanye West. I I like the crazy mm-hmm. part of Kanye West. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people don't like the crazy part of Kanye West. <laughs> I kind of like it, uh-huh. you know, because I'm a little bit crazy too, and crazy people stick to crazy. Yeah. And um, but he's being sued by um, 500 performers, uh, makeup artists, uh, different people like that that help him get his first Sunday service on, and they're saying that they weren't. It was not paid overtime uh, for what they worked uh, for. They worked. They said they got paid five hundred and fifty dollars despite working overtime in two days. This, mm. They said that they worked ten and a half hours a day for two days. Were they paid like on an hourly basis? No, they were contracted it? for five hundred and fifty dollars to do this show, and it was a two day project. And did they get five hundred fifty dollars? They said so. Let's just we'll get there in a second. But if you just if you divide that by like twenty hours, five hundred, it's like twenty eight dollars an hour or something like that. Yeah. So I don't know how you get overtime for not working more than forty hours a week, but you only mm-hmm. work two days. Okay. First of all, <laughs> now right, point one. Now where it comes in, 
some of these people were saying they was not paid and or they were paid late. Okay. So, um, and they're looking for more people to sign up for this class action lawsuit. Their complaints are that they were they were not paid or they paid late. There was 120 days in the time. Uh, this one, the hairstylist says, it took them 120 days for me to receive my $550 paycheck. And then they charged me $20 to cash my check. Well, listen, get your own bank and you can just deposit in there for free. 120 days of that. How does this come out to $30 million, though? I I. Because that you know they want to add a little off the, a yeah, lot, yeah. So I mean, he probably could settle out of court for five million at the end of the day. You know, it's it's ridiculous how these these um, all these lawsuits come up after he claims he's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no lawsuits before he was a billionaire, but now he's a billionaire. They're like, okay, I want to get my piece. Mm-hmm. So they're complaining about there was not enough seats. They had to sit on the floor that their transportation was only one way and they had to walk back to their cars, all these different things um, that they said they was not told. Was you told that you was going to get a ride back to your car? Nope. But you was not told you wasn't either. Mm-hmm. So they're they're complaining about all these different things. Some of them saying they wasn't paid at all. Some of them said it was 120 days, which uh Sunday service uh would sue him from a hundred uh, for a one million dollar in unpaid wages. So one million dollars he's saying they're unpaid wages. Not too for sure about that. Mm. So, I mean if you didn't get paid, should have gotten paid. Yeah. Should have gotten paid. If you didn't get paid for three months, that's pretty that's pretty bad too. Yeah. I but, agree. I I mean there's there's gotta be there's got to be something on there, but thirty million is probably a little bit more. And you know how these lawyers—they swing big, and they hope hopefully yeah, they yeah, get yeah. half of that or something like mm-hmm. that. So actually, one hundred twenty whatever day—that's more like four months, but uh, that's almost half a year. Yeah, um, and who knows? Who knows what the contract looked like? You yeah. know? Yeah. But my my thing is like you already claiming overtime, and who knows? Because these labor laws were California, mm-hmm. so who knows what their labor laws is? Yeah, that's you might wrong. get paid. Overtime after an eight-hour day. Yeah, you know, it's probably something they like want that. to get paid overtime for not even going in, right? So, <laughs> and you know, and Kanye's also there's been rumors of him getting a divorce from uh, his wife, um, and I kind of seen it coming. If Kanye's still on, you know, his path of being a Christian and all that, I kind of seen that coming because it's hard to be in a relationship when you have a sex symbol as a wife mm-hmm. and uh, not. You know, not even looking back to see what she can do and change her life. So, um, I don't know. Pretty interesting, though. Pretty interesting. So, basically, we arrive at Kanye is complicated. Kanye is very complicated. (laughs) Crazy complicated. Crazy complicated Kanye. Yep. And then sometimes you can switch that around because sometimes he's Kanye gone crazy complicated. Or he's crazy with complications. Or all of it. All of it. But that's what makes him such a good artist. Very interesting, too. And, you know, if you look at uh, musicians, you look at comedians, you look at a lot of these uh, actors, what makes them great is their craziness. You know, they're a little bit off from everybody else. Mm -hmm. So, well, we got a good show for you today. We're going to talk about mistakes and relationships all month. We've been talking about relationships and love and Valentine's. And we're going to end it off with 
um, stuff that we've made mistakes in in our own relationships um, and just stuff to watch out for, stuff not to do. Uh, so up next, we're going to talk about making mistakes in relationships. We got a song for you today. We the kingdom, holy water. She reminds me very much of uh, Catherine McPhee. Who's that? Uh, she's married to David Foster, but uh, I think most notably American Idol. I forgot what season. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's a that's a um, that's her dad on the guitar there. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you had your head down, but I know James is watching mm-hmm. the the interesting chain on the snare and yeah. the hi hat. Yeah, I was trying to figure out. Well, the hi hat seemed like a tambourine thing. Uh, but yeah, I was looking at the chain on the snare. I didn't really hear it though, but I'm sure it would just be more of like a, yeah, whenever you drop it and on the a, snare and a little bit of the chain noise. Yeah. Which yeah. that's actually a pretty interesting idea. I liked yeah. it, man. I thought it was a cool, uh, they sound kind of like a, like a need to breathe kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got a little bit but of a little, feel to it. Yeah. I liked it. A little country. Uh, what else is there? It's like country like, rock, soul, like old rock type deal. It, you can definitely hear that this was recorded in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. it's a, Na- definitely a, solid a Nashville, song, Nashville yeah. rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and apparently, according to some YouTube commenters and influencers, you know that that's in the nineties or something. That's that's kind of who inherited rock mm-hmm. was Nashville. Yeah, dude. And all the recording that happens out of Nashville. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's pretty interesting because about that time, what, late 90s and when you really started feeling a whole lot of the rock into country music, mm-hmm. you know, when the country kind of started changing into something different. So, yeah, I think that's got to do with like, so 90s was like grunge was a big thing. 90s mm-hmm. rock was like taking over. And yeah. then, uh, you know, country never country was, did not sound like that at all. No, and then no. uh, I think that was kind of like a byproduct of like what was popular kind of coming into it. And now it's crazy. If you look at like country pop numbers, like if you look at just like pop charts, it's like modern hip hop, modern rap. And then like half of it is just 
country music, like Blake Shelton, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, but any anybody that's just kind of like halfway a country fan would be like, that's not country. Yeah, but I mean, you say what you want, but like that is like half of the popular airways, and it's I'm, crazy like how yeah, popular it's got. I think that um, country music's safe. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like you can play country music almost anywhere, and you're safe to play it. And I think that's one of the the keys that they have. A lot of rap music's not that way. Yeah, no, you, you know, can't you can't play. just can't play that in front of everybody's. You can't kids. be whipping the nene anyway, no. you know. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I think because of that, you know, parents feel it's okay to play it, and and then so people grow up with it and different things like that. So, um, and then rock, you know, sometimes rock gets a little grungy too. So. Uh, I think just like country yeah. music. Safe. The thing that I appreciate about country, even modern day country, um, because I'm I'm not a an avid country listener. Yeah, my wa- my wife is. I but, wanted to play y'all some country, but I just can't make myself <laughs> play country. <laughs> is I, I still appreciate that they have guitar solos in their music. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, they're they're really guitar heavy, mm-hmm. and uh, you don't find a lot of instrumentation in music uh, nowadays. Well, not on the popular side, um, but there are definitely some. Man, there's just one guy. Uh, it, 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 it's not going to be everybody's flavor. Uh, he's not a Christian to what I know of, but his music is not like blood, guts, death, and you know, <laughs> cars, money, and girls dressed in certain kind of ways. Uh-huh. Uh, it's it's it, he has different themes, but check out Jacob Collier. He's like 24, 25 years old, if that, and he is probably like modern day Mozart. Wow, he's an instrumentalist, multi instrumentalist, mm-hmm. plays everything, and he plays everything. Not even well. It's exceptionally virtu- virtuoso level playing on every single instrument. His he does a lot of uh, singing, and but he he does multiple harmony and layers. And when mm-hmm. I mean like, not like two or three part harmonies or four or five or six, this guy does like twenty part harmonies. Wow. <laughs> And and he's got perfect pitch. I know we talked a little bit about that in an episode oh previous. He's got perfect pitch. So, yeah. but this guy, his ear is so acute, right, that he can even sing microtones, and that's the tones that happen in between our Western tones that we are so familiar with in the, the pentatonic scale and stuff. And Ridiculous. if if I have any uh, uh, music aficionados out there, you you'll know what I'm talking about. But like micro microtonal music can be found in some like like india you know how whenever mm-hmm. if we us with the western ear we listen to that we were like oh that sounds weird mm-hmm. well the weirdness in quotes is microtonal yeah so it's 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 tones that exist in between what we commonly know but yeah jacob collier check him out he is uh you're, you're just gonna get an eyeful and an earful and it's uh yeah, to each their own. Before I have to break some uh, country music out next week. There's a really good country Christian country guy out there. I forgot his name, but uh, I see them pop up when I'm looking for different music and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll play y'all some country. Country music still they they still use the full band. They mm-hmm. still break the tambourines out. You know, they're still bringing bringing the whole thing. It's everything's not digital for the, their music too. So yeah, it gives I'm, it a real big full sound. I have a friend of mine who plays bass in this country band, and I was recording them. Last week, I put a tambourine on that track. Did sure. you? Yeah, Did you? Yeah. And it sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's your take on the cowbell, man? Oh, I was just going there. Like, more when, cowbell. Uh, when used appropriately, it's awesome. Cowbell is actually a big deal in a lot of Latin music. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of like the clave is yeah. like a big deal. Like it's, yeah, so the the uh, the cowbell is like a big deal. Depending you just can't on overdo the, the cowbell, right? Yeah, but I mean, it's like, 
depending on what style you're playing, like sometimes the cowbell is supposed to be there, and if it's not there, then you're playing it wrong, and you have to play it just right. Like it, yeah, uh, yeah. it's kind of like a big deal. <laughs> I remember growing up, every church drum drum set has a had a uh, cowbell on it. I do not remember that at all. <laughs> yeah, you're a little bit younger than yeah, I am. I guess so. Yeah. Didn't grow up in the cowbell days. <laughs> <laughs> two, things, two things that that sparks in me right now. One, a time that this was back when I was in the old church so many years ago. Um, it was like a Saturday night. We were cleaning up, getting things ready for Sunday for Sunday morning. And uh, there just so happened to be a couple rogue tambourines just floating around in the in the sanctuary. Don't do that in our church, you know, boy. They were, well, your mom will go off on a tambourine, yeah. She's not the one you got to worry about. No, but she will pick it up and she'll shake a tambourine. Man, just give her a minute. So uh, what I did, I went around. Collected them and I hid them. I took them out of the sanctuary. Yeah, <laughs> he like hot glued the little man little pieces together. Yeah, just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> rhythm is one of those things that everybody thinks that they have but until not, it's time to be on to, rhythm. Yeah, till it's time mm-hmm. to be on rhythm, and it's like, well, I'm just praising the Lord. It's like you're being a distraction, to everybody around you, and whenever the band you with a tambourine, you are louder than a drummer. It's like you need to calm down, man. It's the same people that's going <laughs> to complain. <laughs> That's the same person that's going to complain about the drums being too loud, too. Yeah. Everybody's going to complain about the drums being loud. I mean, they're drums, you know? <laughs> you're beating on the yeah. instrument. It's You're hitting them. It's, it's, it's not a flute. It's not a clarinet. And you're like, well, we don't go to that kind of church. We go to that kind of church. <laughs> Yeah, you might not go, but you you are at that church. No, but but you know, you know, and I think for a, for a more of a contemporary church as we are, we're not the most contemporary church, but we're definitely not. An, we're not a traditional a church. traditional church. No, our music is not that loud when you compare contemporary churches. Yeah. Let's get on that subject real quick because it's a good subject to talk about, right? And not, not necessarily on the complaints and stuff like that because it doesn't matter. We can we can tweak it to perfection and somebody will always be there. Give yeah. This, that, or, or whatever. But like, you know, what I find this, and I've, and I've had conversations with like, let's, let's pick on the elderly for a little bit. Elderly people, I love you, right? But, you know, we have some that would go to, you know, this Baptist church on Fairmont. I guess it's Fairmont Baptist. I don't know what that's called, but that big, gigantic church. Yep. Well, you know, uh, you have the uh, Gaither vocal band go over there with their sound, with their with their line arrays and all that uh, system. And, and, and those are those caterpillar looking speakers on the sides of the of the stage in case you don't know what we're talking about. But those things are producing. I guarantee you their sanctuary is a whole lot louder than ours, but the difference is that they have clarity coming out through their speakers and they have separation of frequencies with subs and all this stuff. So the, the noise doesn't sound like noise. It sounds like a beautiful harmony going into your ears. And I don't hear people complain that the Gaither vocal band was too loud. I don't, I don't even know if it, you're giving people too much credit. You're giving people too much credit. And listen, if you're out there and you think that I'm, just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be honest with you, with you right now. It's not about how loud it is, okay? I'm telling you right now, it's about what kind of music you like. Yeah. Because if it's your music and you're riding down the street, you're gonna turn it up loud. That's true. And you're gonna think this is the best thing ever. But when culture has moved past what you enjoy, mm-hmm. then you think it's too loud. Because it's the music you don't like, and the only way you can complain about another Christian song is saying 
it's too loud. Mm-hmm. But you can't say oh, that song ain't, ain't anointed. Well, how do you know that song is not anointed? Yeah. You know, um, this past week, a couple weeks, a couple weeks ago, whenever it was when we had the, the awesome service, that was all the new songs. You know, that was yeah. stuff that it was anointed. I mean, we didn't even hardly preach because we played some anointed songs that a I, lot of people thought were too loud because it wasn't the style of music they liked. I tell you, I get up there. If I get up there and and I coordinate with the band and we do can't nobody do me like Jesus you're gonna be you you know that old lady's about to <laughs> just nobody. get up out of her seat she's about to start flinging some you know her hair her her wig she's about to be flapping them arms and stuff like that and she's gonna be saying Hallelujah turn that up you know can't nobody do me like Jesus and it's like oh I want to hear more of that and, you, and that's exactly what's that what other one where I'm going to go take what the enemy stole and bring it back oh the enemy's He's camp exactly and then there's going to be there's going to be people right like they're gasp, like they're gasping for air they're going to try to find a tambourine somewhere yeah. whenever that song comes on and they're about to cut loose they're about to do some unseemly things they're going to run from one side of the building to the other side and and then you ain't going to find me saying, oh, well, that's crazy. Oh, she's being too loud. You just don't like it. Let's start being real. <laughs> Listen, and, and I'm, I'm going to speak for all the old people out there since I'm the old guy in the I room. Will. <laughs> you ain't that old. I get it. Because I have leaned over to my wife and asked her, is this loud or am I just getting old? Right? So I get it. But. Be true to yourself. That's all I got to say is be true to yourself. Because I remember when I was a youth pastor, I always tell my wife, remind me when I start saying that this is too loud, the reason why I wanted to change then. Because I wanted to build the church for the children, for the next generation. Listen, if I have to sit in a room that is... The music's too loud and the, the music's done pass me up and my my jams are not being played no more. And there's young people and young adults worshiping God and moving the church forward. I will do it every single Sunday. Yeah. Or I will go down the street where the church is dying and I will hang out. Eat your eat you a bowl of oatmeal. Right. Whenever you're there. So James, tell me this. As a sound man, uh-huh. how much louder is professional it professional sound, right, sound man? Right, he's credentialed. You guys, how much louder up. is it from one from contemporary to um, uh, the two different bands and uh, the two different services? Yeah, the two different services. The not not much at all. Right, as far as decibel wise, yeah, maybe yeah. like three decibels, maybe. Yeah. And let me just tell you this: If you are, oh, we, we don't we don't we don't need to park here too long. But no, 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 we won't park. I, it's here. definitely yeah, good. I was conversation. just going to let you guys go. You but, are. but but look, look. If if you are listening, if you are a, a listener of this podcast, and you might feel that we're hurting your ears and that the drums are too loud, there's solutions for that. Okay. We can get a nice, beautiful drum room built and all that. Come on. But it's going to take your donations, okay? So I'm going to ask you right now. If it's a problem, we can fix that problem. We can have a... With a gift of $19.99 from 12 of y'all. Exactly. Well, it's going to be more than 12 of of y'all. 
But but and it it'll look nice. It'll look beautiful, and it will be completely isolated. And it will sound great. And it would sound great. And our sound guy would have complete control on how loud. There will be no over spill. None of that. So if you really are passionate about this subject and you feel like we just don't get it, look, your dollars will talk. Okay. One more thing on sound. So I went to this other church um, a few weeks ago and they had all the money, all the money, all of it, all of it. It was uh, the kind of the main church there in Mount Bellevue. The, I guess the main non-denominational church, I think they're AGs, um, but they got all the money. Oh yeah. And uh beautiful building. They have all every, every light, every sound equipment, every speaker, every, you know, processor, everything. And I was thinking, man, if James had a little bit of this at our church, he would kill it because their sound man was just okay, you know, and they had it all, you know, and I was just thinking if we could just bring this back to our church, James would tear this thing up. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's not you know whenever we, whenever we have the conversation about speakers and all that stuff, it's not about loudness. It's about clarity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you have a, if you have a clear sound, you don't need to turn it up that high. Yeah. But you know that, anyway. That's we can get into some technical things and jargon and all that. But we probably already beat this dead horse uh, a couple times. So uh, you know, nay. <laughs> all right. So y'all go check out We the Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, and that song was holy. The kingdom, yeah. yeah, that <laughs> was holy water. That's a jam. I've I feel it. like I need to be dipped in holy water now. I, I wish we would play this song at our church. I think it would go over well. We might have played it once. I don't know if we have ever played it. I I don't think we've ever done a We the Kingdom song. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think it would go over well in our church. It's just got that nice feel to it. Uh, it would hit all generations. I think. Um, uh, Von Juan, he's been here on, on the podcast. That's the, one of their go-to songs at their church. Really? Yeah. So that's uh, got a little soul to it, you know? So anyways, we're going to talk about mistakes in relationships. Oh, no. Mis- mistakes. No, there no. are a plenty. Oh, yeah. And, and one of the things that I think about that when we're talking about mistakes in relationships uh, is always wanting that bad boy or that bad girl you know when you when you're looking for why i don't cuz it's mm, no, what, what what's your theory on this and of course this is all personal p- opinion of everybody and, and, and let me tell you something we do very little we have we have topics and we we do a little bit of you know research and stuff when we come on here uh, but we try to make this very, very organic. Well, this one is the most organic. Okay, <laughs> this one's starting at the dirt. Okay, um, we just planted a seed. Yeah, we just planted the seed, and we're just going to talk about it we'll for try a few minutes. Try to water it a little bit, and see if uh, it sprouts. So, um, I, I think it it comes from the natural sinful bent in our life. If I had to guess right off that. You know, everything in our life, we want that, you know, we want it a little grimy, we want it a little dirty, we want it uh, for the sinful side of our life. Um, and I, and also that the world makes it look really sexy. Yeah. You know? The, um, let me start off with saying what the Bible says about sin. It says that there's pleasure in it, yeah. but it's only for a season. Yeah. You know, so for us to sit here and be like there's not a pleasurable side to sin i think that would be a crime against humanity right because we're not being truthful with ourselves before i was brought into relationship with christ 
um, those girls represented fun. Yeah. They were just a fun time. It was just, you know, there was no thought to it. Um, free spirits. Free spirits. It's no attachment. Um, Even when you're not talking about n- not sexually, when you're talking about going and having a good time, partying, yeah. all those things, they're free spirits. They like to go and move and have fun and laugh and all those different they things. They look good. They sound good. Yeah. And then they're done. You use them and then. Yeah, I was going to say, the. I think the attraction is in the sense of freedom. Because they got no rules holding them back. No, you know what I mean? You do whatever you want. I don't care. I'm a bad boy. I do what I want. Kind <laughs> right. of stuff, you know what I mean? And then, of course, if you're, like, younger, a lot of times it's just, like, out of rebellion. You know, I'm mad at mommy or daddy. Let me bring home so-and-so. That'll really show them. You need the attention. I don't know. It could be all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. a good one right there because you might be the good girl, um, but you're rebelling against your more conservative parents, so you're going to bring – the bad boy over. Like he's, got free, the, he's got the freedom though you know when yeah. you're the when you're the good kid you're following all the rules and stuff and you're you get you can get frustrated pretty quick you know because everybody's out there having fun except me yeah and yeah. you're always like i want to do this but I, it's against the rules my, my mom said i gotta be home at 10 or whatever and you're always just kind of like not quite doing what you want to do because you're busy following the rules and then here comes so-and-so that does whatever the heck they want and it's so appealing. Uh, and they say, come with me and do whatever you want with me. So this reminds me of the scene in Greece, right? Uh, what is the main character in Greece? Uh, Zuko. Z- Sandy it- Zuko. Uh, uh, the, the, the girl? Sandy. Sandy's the girl. Sandy and... Yeah. Sandy. Yeah. So here she was. <laughs> here she was, the good girl. And here- Look my God. <laughs> And here comes a bad boy, and there's this natural attraction to him. Like he, he seen the attraction to the good girl because she was pure, and you know there was something different about her than all the other, you know, leather wearing chicks. It was the the innocence. Yeah, the innocence. Innocence. And then she seen the opposite of that. That she, all she knew was innocence, so mm-hmm. she wanted some of that that bad boy. And I think when we're talking about making mistakes in relationships, that. That is a huge one. When we look at somebody's outside appearance and uh, we see innocence on one side or we see, you know, the bad boy, the bad girl on the other side. And that's attracting to us because we're looking um, at the outward appearance instead of seeing who they are as a person. When, and especially when you see those type, especially the bad girl, bad boy, bad girl deal, that their outward appearance a lot of time is not who they are inside. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a it's a projection of maybe who they well who they think they should be at that moment. Maybe that's not who they are right. themselves. Or it's a uh, something that's protecting them from something that's happened to them, mm-hmm. you know, earlier in life and, and different things like that. I seen a statistic is a statistic that said forty three percent of college girls uh, feel like they've been used or controlled in a relationship. And one out of four girls have been raped or uh, violence in sex in college. Wow. So, um, you know, there's a lot of that going on, especially when you when you're putting a bunch of young people together Mm -hmm. that that have no life experience right out of high school. You send them off to college. Listen, if I had a girl, they would not be going to college. And and colleges are mostly liberal uh, uh, 
institutions now where where the, all the professors they 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 they're moderately liberal if not extreme extreme liberal yeah they they preach uh you know free love and all those things and express yourself and find out who you are and all those different things kick the tires before you get into it and all yeah. those things and so then you you find yourself with a lot of pressure from your people that you're looking up to that's teaching you what the the real world is supposed to look like and then you're getting yourself into these problems and these issues and when you put alcohol now yeah I was going to say that uh involved with some adolescent behavior um then you get into some in some places you know I heard somebody say at one time for guys we don't we don't we don't notice these things but for for like a a, a woman how would it feel to us? Are you mansplaining? <laughs> no, no, no. I was just wondering how how it would feel that if we knew, like for from a woman's perspective, if every time that they look around, they knew that a man can take whatever they wanted from them, mm-hmm. physically because you're stronger, you're you're more physical, um, all those different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you get in situations like that, when you mix drugs and alcohol and parties and adolescence and all that, things tend to get out of control. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess uh, the way that let's let's kind of work from the uh, from the outside in because um, it's it, it's going to go back to a heart issue. Right. Um, but but yeah, it's just the, the, those those things that are appealing to our eyes, whether you're a guy or a girl. Um, it, we live in a, we live in a time now where it's all about perception, right? Because our perception is our reality. That's, that's kind of where we, where, where modern day society takes it. What, what is seen is what it is. And you look at things like even something like uh, going back to the whole social dilemma episode that we have, you look at things that are like filters on all these, a- on all these apps, they make you look like something that you are completely not. You know, I, I remember telling, telling my wife, I'm, uh, uh Whenever we first got married, how, you know, my, the way I prefer to see her is whenever she's just at home, no makeup on, hair tattered, pajamas, you know, just, right. just what the world would say at the worst. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what, yeah, exactly. What the world would say, that's not the image of beauty. That's not this, that's not that, you know, you need to, you need to always uh, spend four hours getting ready and you need to, you know, uh, fix yourself in this kind of way and, and look like this. I, I don't prefer that. I don't prefer that because whenever I see my wife like like that, whenever she's just at home, she's herself. She is who she is at her truest form. She's so comfortable with being herself around me that I find that to be you know, magnetic to me yeah. that it, it, and, but you know, uh, going back to the bad boy, bad girl kind of thing, a bad boy would not be wanting that bad boy would just want to have fun, mm-hmm. you right. know, yeah. uh, uh, to, to, to please, um, some temporary longing that he has at that moment. And, you know, I, t- I was having a conversation about this, um, you know, being a, being a youth pastor, uh, uh, you see the full spectrum of this, right? And I, I was talking about this and I said, if God would come, if God would come to me and say, I want to do something special for your youth group, ask whatever you want and I'll do it and I'll accomplish it. 
I, I think I would pray for all daddy issues to be gone. Mm. Right. And that's for guys and girls. Yeah. Guys and girls, they have daddy issues. Oh, yeah. And the issues that stem from 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 the dad to whether it's that young lady or that young man, they that ruins young people. Daddy issues. It's important to learn how to be a father. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, that that has ruined so many good young people and have caused them to slip up and to have huge failures, especially in their relationships. Personally, yes, one thing, right? But in their relationships, that's why I I completely discourage young people from dating. Now they're gonna do it anyway because they're gonna do whatever they want. But I, I at least I give them some reasoning behind it and tell them, look, this is probably not opportune for you because you you need to work on this. You need to work on your relationship with your dad first because you're gonna pass this on. Work on you, boo. Yep. Right. You know what I said. What I think is funny is. Good to you added boo. <laughs> <laughs> what I think is funny is when we turn 16 or 15 that we have to get this, like we have to go to school to learn how to drive, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we have to go to school to learn how to do, you know, certain jobs, but you can have a baby. Yeah, you can. And then you, they'll just say, Hey, pull the car up and we'll just strap that little sucker in and we'll send them home. And, we have no idea what to do, yeah. you know, but drive is more important than that. You know, going to college <laughs> and getting certain jobs is more important than learn how to raise a little human. Yeah. So I just just think that's crazy. And then that's why we have these daddy issues. Yeah. And, fa- and going back to your question of failures in relationships, you know, I, I, I think the biggest failure in, in my dating life that, that I had was always projecting Right. Projecting my fantasy on the other person, uh, whether that was the way that they look, the way that they act, the way that I think they should be, the kind of heart that they should have, uh, their their certain character traits that I think they should have, that I would project that to them. And whenever they 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 failed to meet an expectation that they were completely unaware of. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because they were just being them not what I wanted them to be, then that was a source of conflict. That's where the biggest conflicts came in. Whenever they failed to be what I wanted them to be. Right. And this is where maturity comes in because whenever you really start learning how to love, you love them for who they are, not for who you want them to be or who you can make them. And that's whenever you get into like a good girl. Why does a good girl want a bad guy? And in most cases is because they think that they can change him. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's so that's so tough, you know. And we, we'll see we see it in culture, right? So we have, um, especially for uh, the girls out there, we had Nicki Minaj, and we have that other 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 chick that's real popping right now. Well, I forgot Stallion, her. Stallion uh, Meg, yeah, and and you know, and then we have that, and then on the guy side, well, even with the ladies too, but more more with the guys, we have the the pornography addictions and different things like that. So the girls are taught. WAP, you know, the guys are saying this is what it this is what real love looks like in pornography. And then then we go out looking for this character instead of looking for character. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We're looking for this perfect thing that we think it should be instead of looking for the character of who these people are. Yeah. So uh, and then that's where we get it all. That's where the mistakes happen. Uh, that's when we then we get into sexual relationships and we get say you get married and you have these sexual relationships and now your wife is not living up to these mm-hmm. these 
images that are burnt in your brain from the pornography and and these different things. And, and, and these little girls are going around having multiple partners because this is what the music says. And this is what they're being portrayed on, you know. Uh, videos on YouTube or whatever. Yeah, pro- and projecting a fantasy on yeah. somebody else, and and uh, you know I've met people, I've seen people, ministered to people that have been dealing with that for twenty years in their marriage, and they still haven't found a solution for it. And the and, and it's simple, you know. You you really need to find out who you are who your identity is first. Now, as a Christian, I believe that that is completely grounded in knowing that you belong to Christ. But I talk to people that are not Christians that don't believe what I believe. And you see them spinning in limbo. Now, I've also seen some people that, uh, that aren't Christians that have a very healthy relationship, but nevertheless, the principle still stands. They're very accepting of the other person. They, they, they love the companionship that that other person brings to them and they are thankful for it. So there's, going to be intersecting lines of course between those that are christians or those that have a strong faith um uh, in god and those that are more secular in nature but the the, the principles are universal on how you cultivate a, a a good working relationship with you know people you're going to be around with but yeah it, it's it, it i love what you said we go to school to get certified to get um uh, you know all these uh, uh, all these degrees that say that we are competent in 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 uh, talking about that content and working in that content area and doing all that, but we don't have classes on how to date. Can you yeah. imagine if we did? If you, you'd be looking for somebody, do you have your bachelor's in uh, relationships yet? So, <laughs> right? I'm a, like, I'm a doctor of love. <laughs> That'd be perfect, though. Be I mean, do- yeah, the doctor. The I'm a, doctor I'm a, of love. Love, doctor. Yeah. Oh, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go first, but I want y'all to think about it uh, while I'm talking. Some mistakes that you made in your relationships, past or present. Um, and I go first, like, now I'm going to talk about the relationship with me and Sandra because 20 something years ago is too hard for me to go back and think about. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, so my first issue was I was always comparing myself to somebody that was worse than me. Mm-hmm. Oh, you could be married to such and such over there. He's beating his wife, you know, <laughs> he's setting the bar real low. Yeah, I'm setting the so bar low. So fail. I look really good. Yeah. You know, you look amazing. Yeah. So that was one of the big mistakes is I always finding somebody in, in my circle or my family or whoever, and then point out them. And mm-hmm. so I didn't, I don't have to work on myself. Yeah. Which leads me into number two is instead of working on myself, I would always want Sandra to change. Yeah. Instead of changing me, uh, and what I found out is Sandra always worked on herself. And when she worked on herself, it made me love her more. Mm-hmm. And the more I loved her, the more I wanted to change Yeah, for, for me, but to be a better husband to her, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? That's deep. Yeah. So, uh, that's, that's kind of the, probably the two biggest mistakes I've made. You know, there's others like, you know, smoking weed behind her back and, you know, different things like that I was yeah, struggling yeah. with. But as far as relation relationship type deals, um, those are the two biggest mistakes I've made. I'll I'll take it from I'll take it from the uh the part before before marriage. Um uh yeah, even probably before being a Christian. Maybe even after. 
<laughs> but anyway, so maybe still today. Yeah, maybe still today. <laughs> no, no. But um, I think my my biggest my biggest failure in dating was that I failed to realize that some girls were only meant to be your friends. Now, even though there might have been a lot of things that that you um, that you vibed with, right? That, that, that you could have a, a, a really great relationship based on these certain traits, right? And they would check a lot of those boxes, mm-hmm. but, but they didn't check enough boxes. But where I felt to realize is that more than two boxes needed to be checked or more than three or more than four. It's more than that. And, and because I felt to realize it, I allowed myself to start thinking that there was more than there actually should have been mm-hmm. in that relationship, so I potentially ruined great friendships because I didn't know where to pump the brakes yeah, and I didn't know where to stop because, you know, and maybe there was genuine interest from the other side to me, but that's where they felt to realize that. And that's, that's something that, that you, you have to learn by experience, I guess. Um, uh, nobody knows how to actually do that, how to, how to restrain your feelings when you just start. You know, but but being able to at least identify those feelings like and and again, I talk to a lot of young people every week and they think because a certain a certain girl bats their eyes at them in a certain way that, oh, this is the one. This is the one. And I tell them, look, you might love you might genuinely love a lot of traits that they have. But do you love all of them? Do you know all of them? And and they shouldn't know all of them. Yeah. But the, the problem with especially young men teenagers, young adults, young, young adults is there's something inside them that happens. Yeah. Things change. Those hormones, chemicals. hormones start mm. boiling and chemicals are all imbalanced and body parts start changing and things happen when the girl bats her eyes and she just had something in it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? <laughs> and they just think yeah. that, she, you know, they're in love with each other and all these things. And, and, we have to be able to, we have to be able to help our young people and um, our young adults understand yeah, the difference between love and all of that and other lust. stuff and all that other stuff that's going on. But it's tough. It's and, tough. It's tough to tell a little boy, "Hey, calm down. <laughs> ain't nothing but but just some things working out inside uh-huh, of you." Just a little you blood know, pumping. Yeah, <laughs> everything from from from. Thirteen years old, even twelve. Let's say twelve years old to about to about twenty seven. You can't tell them anything, no, because they know everything. They all knowledge of the universe is now been put into that their tiny little brain, and you can't tell them anything because they know everything better than you. Might even be an expert in the field that you are in. Guess what? They know more than you. I, my son was ten years old. Adam, if you listen, and I know you listen to our podcast. I appreciate you tuning in every week. Oh, I'm excited to hear and, this. Uh, <laughs> he was ten years old. And he was convinced that he was smarter than me. Nice. <laughs> and he would. He told me that. Uh-huh. He told me, and I thought he was joking. And Sandra was just like, nice. He ain't playing. <laughs> he is not playing. <laughs> and I was just like, all, all right. I mean, if if that was, but that's the same though, right? I mean, it, it is what it is. So, um, you know, just got to make sure that you, you're able to. <laughs> 
talk to those knuckleheads out there and <laughs> let them know what's going on. But you know, I can, I, I know I sound mad, and I am. But, <laughs> but you know, I was the exact same way, so I, I, yeah. I get it. I remember talking to this what this other young guy. He's already graduated. Hey, before, before you go, uh, Technology News Labs. That's my my son's uh, podcast. So if oh, you if you if yeah go out and check it out. If you're like a you, you're into computers and all that nerdy stuff, go out there and check it out. He's got a good podcast. Nice. Maybe we need to bring them in. Yeah, we'll bring yes, him in. We'll talk we some technology. Totally yeah, yeah. We'll get him in here sometime. Talk about how smart he was at ten. <laughs> yeah, exactly. James and my my son are real close. They uh they kind of grew up together in the youth group and stuff. Still, so uh, it would be it'll be a good time to yeah, get everybody yeah. together. Anyways, go ahead. Where was I even? I don't, on? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm just proud oh, you know, of my no, no, sons. No. I'm over here promoting his stuff. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what? It, I left off. I was the exact same way. And I was talking to I was talking to to, to a young man. He's he's since graduated from the program now. But you know, uh, I said, you know, God brings like minded individuals together or people that have uh, you know intersecting lines in their background because uh, he was a knucklehead. He probably still is a knucklehead. I love him, but he's a knucklehead. And and I told him, there is a reason why God brought me into your life and God brought you into my life. And that's because we're both knuckleheads. Yeah. And, and God needed me to speak some sense into you. So listen, boy. <laughs> but no, 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 good dude. I had a guy tell me the other day, he was just like, hey, uh, uh, my sister, I'm not going to say no names. So I don't want to embarrass nobody because the world is kind of small. He says, my sister told me that he likes, she likes your, your son or whatever. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's cool. He goes, what do you think about that? I was just like, well, I said, I think it's cool because I always tell my son to not just look at the female, but to look at who their parents are and, and what they're about, because that's going to roll over into relationships and stuff like that. I said, but you know, I would hate for them to like, you know, to get together for like six months and then hate each other. And then, you know, cause we're, we're always going to do things with, the, with each other's families and they're going to be like all awkward one on one side of the house and one on the other. So like if, if you ain't ready to like settle down and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago and, and look for a wife, if you ain't ready to, you know, think about saving some money to put a ring on it and all that stuff. Then just chill out. Have a bunch of friends. Don't make these mistakes. Yeah. Speaking of mistakes, James, what kind of mistakes have you made? I know that well, you. I know you. You pretty. You know, chill guy. You don't make a whole chill. lot of mistakes in life and all that. But I, you had to have one or two. I make mistakes. my fair share of mistakes. Well, first, I did want to push back just a little bit on. <laughs> Uh, you know, all teenagers think they know everything and all. That's pretty true as a majority thing, but I don't think it's totally true. Like, um, I was painting with a broad brush. Yes, but uh, I was one of those kids uh, that when you tell me something, I'd hear what you say and I would consider it, which is crazy, right? Because uh, so when I grow up, I'm eight years old or whatever, and everybody says, "Oh, wait till you're a teenager, you're gonna know everything," and they say all those things. I say, "Okay, well, I guess we'll see." And then I'm a teenager, and they say, look, you may think you know everything, but you don't know everything. I say, yeah, that's right. I don't know everything. But uh, the problem I always had was people would tell me you don't know everything, but they wouldn't tell me anything. You uh, know what I mean? So they'd be like, hey, you, they'd, they'd say, hey, don't do the relationship or whatever because, you know, you don't know what you're doing or whatever. But nobody would tell you what to do. So we need more people. 
given actual info instead of just like talking Good trash to quality people. info. Yeah, give me something yeah. to work with. But as far as we don't need y'all guys running around in like these uh, these crazy creeper vans and passing out information. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're gonna talk to somebody, you want some about, candy? <laughs> that's me. In my van, dude. I'm the guy in the creepy van. My van gets creepier all the time because like, I keep getting another little scratch on it, a little this and that, and it just gets weirder and weirder. Get that sucker polished so people don't think you're like coming yeah, out of the yeah, back I need, alleys. I need to just, yeah. Anyway, uh, so mistakes. Uh, I haven't made like big, huge mistakes. It's not like I was ever, like I cheated on some girl or something, like big, obvious mistakes like that. Most um, mistakes that uh, I use, like the best way to fix a mistake is to not have it happen in the first place. So it's always more about preventative stuff as opposed to like putting band-aids on things, you oh, know? That's good. But uh, most... It most issues I've ever had with relationships usually come from a lack of communication mm-hmm. or very unproductive communication. Mm, that's good. As in maybe you're talking about the thing, but you're just like yelling at each other yeah. and arguing with it, or you just don't talk about it at all. And so then you get frustrated about whatever the thing is, and now you're yelling about something else, but you're not really even that mad about that thing, or that thing would have never bothered you if you had talked about the yeah. initial thing. So that's usually... As a very general thing. So we talk a lot about that in, in uh, conferences and stuff that we do or, or one-on-one talks with the uh, relationship. So let me ask you this. Um, not Let's say not really a mistake, but, w- you know, you've been married less than two years. I know, two and a half years. Two and a half years. Well, you yeah. been, you're still pretty early in marriage. What was, early, yeah. what was the, one of the things that maybe it wasn't a mistake, but it wasn't what you thought when you went into a marriage, right? You know. Right, away, you know, especially right after the honeymoon thing, because everything's great right there. But then you start selling into each other, and you're like, "Oh, I didn't see that coming," or something like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, like we were pretty comfortable with each other before. Not like we lived together or anything like that, but like, like I mean, I knew how she lived most of the time. Like I knew. I knew exactly how dirty she was and how clean she was as far as like how you kept Backed the house. Back that up and threw that how clean she was right in yeah, there. Right yeah, in you there. know, man. <laughs> you know, like I knew her personality. I knew how she, like what things that are going to make her mad and aren't going to make her mad. Um, I don't know, man. I'm sure there was something, but nothing's coming to mind right now. I think one of the other mistakes that I made was thinking or or how how would I say this? how comfortable I am with her and thinking that she should share that same way back towards me. Mm-hmm. So how comfortable I am, the way she looks, acts, all those different things, but she's not, she wasn't as comfortable to share those things with me right away. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because here we are in this relationship. It's always been, um, you know, there's always, there was always a line until you get married. And then, once you get married, that line disappears, and now you're in, now you're in each other's personal space, right? Um, so I, I thought she should be more comfortable sh- uh, sharing her body with me and uh, being naked around me or whatever those things were. And she was just like, "Hey, man, that's the first time you've seen this. Like, how am I just going to just be that comfortable around you?" And, and then at times I would be like, "Well, what's what's wrong with me that you don't want?" Mm-hmm. You don't want to do yeah. that with me. You would, you would take that communication as it as it was a slight against a slight you. against me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, instead of understanding, 
hey, this is a new thing for both of us. You know, I'm yeah. just the horny little, you know, 20 something <laughs> year old. Yeah. And she's trying to protect herself as primal as it is. You know what I'm saying? Um, and don't, don't, I don't use the word primal. So like half the Christians out there are just freaking out that, but there is some primal. Do you so, believe in evolution? <laughs> I'm not talking about evolution. I'm just talking about how we are as people. And so it, um, it's definitely, it's, it's a base. It's a, it's a base natural feeling and emotion and natural thing built in every human. You know, whenever I talk to people that, um, they, they just feel ashamed about wanting companionship and all that. I'm like, why we're hardwired that way. Right. You know, it's, it's that it it is sex is a base instinct, you know, animals even do it. Right. So that's why they call us dogs, by the way, because dogs go around humping anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's why they, they call men dogs because See, that's, um, they got their own stuffed animal and that's just around the house. <laughs> you know, friends come over and you say, hey, no, don't touch. So that. you remember Marina's dog Zuko? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's you know he he's gone. He's gone to puppy heaven. Man, that's gonna set that, that's gonna set that's gonna set Twitter on fire. All right dogs there. go to heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk doctoring, but uh, <laughs> anyway, but uh, old Zuko, man, he was a uh, we'll like a day. like a toy poodle kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah, angry. Kind that was just an angry, angry dog. But anyway, his uh, Zuko. He had, he was not shy. Hang on, let me pour some coffee out for Zuka real quick. Yeah, for, <laughs> for, my, for my homies. He for my was not shy at all. Whenever we would have people over, he would just take his little his little bed right in front of the crowd when we were talking right there at home. He would take his bed right in the middle of the crowd, and he'd just start going at it. Yeah. And uh, he was just uh, not shy it, at all. Those dogs, they don't care. They don't care. That's how that's how some of these guys are. are oh, yeah. You know, I'm just, like, look, bro. Hey, y'all in church? Yeah. Like, take it easy. I know this is the only place you go that your parents trust y'all to be alone together, but <laughs> you ain't alone. The Holy Spirit's here. <laughs> yeah. What, what was the old school oh, church? They're like, make sure your Bibles linked away from each other. <laughs> <laughs> They got those little pocket Bibles. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, but one one of the things one of the things whenever we first got married that was um and, and, and really it's it's we're we're still growing in this now, is realizing that my wife's emotional level, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and knowing when to push on a subject and when to get away from it. Yeah. Because yeah. she she is a lot more reserved. If anybody knows her, you know I'm telling you the truth. She's she she's just a lot more reserved. I am very expressive. I wear my heart on my sleeve, you know? So you know what I'm feeling, you know what I'm thinking at the moment that we're talking. Um her, she plays it a, a lot more, you know, uh secluded, you know, uh, away from the view of, of people. So whenever there's um, whenever there's things in our marriage where we need to talk about or there's there's something that heavy on on her heart or something, it it knowing when to approach and knowing when to mm-hmm. when to really uh, push on a subject and, and get in a way. It's communication, just like James was talking about earlier, really, really learning a sense of communication. So whenever I know that there is an issue or whenever there's something that needs to be addressed it's my immediately now it's like is this the time to address it yeah that's yeah. a mistake i've made there we go is uh when uh when me and tara first started getting together i uh 
So, like, I'm a pretty extreme guy a lot of times. No. Uh, I don't know. I just like to go hard, like, whatever <laughs> it is. Like, even if it's having fun, like, I'm going to have the most fun, you know? Like, and then when it's time to rest, I'm doing nothing, you know? Like, <laughs> anyway, I just, I just kind of get going. But, uh, so, if I'm, like, hanging out with my friends or whatever, and I want to push my friends into doing something, like, I can just talk trash to my friends, and we can just, and you know, that'll work. But, like, can't talk to the Tara that way. And I never was, like, that bad about it. But, like, I know there was a few times, like, uh, I don't know, I tried to push her for something. Like, I think one, okay, I know one time we went running in the, uh, those, uh, what are those, those trails over off of Fairmont, you know, those ones with mm-hmm. the trees. Those are pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, she was like, yeah, I want to kind of, I want to start running a little bit. And I was like, all right, let's go, we'll go run it. So we went running. And uh, I was able to run a lot further than she was before, like, needing to take a break and stuff. So I'd be, like, trying to push her, like, nah, let's go. We'll go to the next tree or whatever. And, uh, but I guess I was a little too rude about it because I remember she never wanted to go running after that (laughs) for, like, she wouldn't go for, like, months. She's like, no, you're going to be mean. You're going to go, which I don't remember being that mean. But I I had to learn, like, oh, you can't, you got to learn how to. Like he was saying, like she, her emotions are a lot different than uh, than mine are. You well, know? yeah, and then somebody else was would able would would be able to say those same things to her, but you can't. Yeah, that's true too. Right, so. and I, and I, that I've learned that too. You know, I've seen somebody encourage Sandra in certain ways, but I encourage her in that way, and it's just like, why are you being bossy? Yeah, I'm like, no, I'm not being bossy, but I'm just trying to encourage you to get, you know, accomplish these goals or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. So there's like a way to do it. Right. That's a little different for everybody. And and we have to understand what our roles are, too. Mm -hmm. You know, our our roles might not be the motivational speaker to our wives. You know, it's going to be the provider to love her. Uh, some mm-hmm. of those things, and, and then you, and then your wife might want you to be the motivational speaker, and she don't want you. Yeah, to. but see, like on that man, like she's told me before, like like years later, like hey, I really want to do this thing. Make sure, like, stay on me. Make sure I'm doing it. And I've told her, like, hey, uh, I'm not going to do that because <laughs> we've tried it in the past, and right. you get upset. So either do it or don't. <laughs> you know, here to support you, but like I'm not going to nag you every day about it. Well, and I'm naturally sarcastic whenever I speak. You mm-hmm. know, I just I need to really mind that. So sometimes whenever I say something, it because I am so sarcastic in a lot of other areas in my life, not just like my marriage or anything. Then whenever I say something like that, it's like, wait, are you are you being sarcastic or are you is this what you actually mean? And then he was killing me. We're in a meeting and he was reading some stuff, and every time there was a mistake, and he would just sarcastically. He would read it just the way it was on purpose, just to show everybody that there was a mistake. <laughs> no, 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 no. I that was, I okay. It was intentional that I read it exactly the way that it was put, but that's because I don't want. I don't want it to come back on me and say, wait, you you said something that wasn't on there. So it's like, I'm just going to read the literal mm-hmm. interpretation of this right here, and y'all decipher what y'all wrote. That's funny. <laughs> hey, I'm with it, dude. If you can't get your basic grammar down on paper. like Well, and like some of the things were like, you know, we're talking finances, okay? Mm-hmm. And we're not going to bore you. Right, the a comma instead of a... A, 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 comma, a, a, a comma instead of a decimal means a lot in the world yes, of finance. Yes, it does. Right? right? 3000 so, or $3. Yeah, one of the it, it's, like, yeah. What, it's like, what, what do we spend? Did we spend $3 or did we spend $3,000? It matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It's just funny how... <laughs> Anyways, I don't remember what but you see, were saying. So, like, if we were in that situation and I was with just so, with my coworkers, my boys, I could give them a hard time yeah. and 
they won't do it anymore. But like, if that was my wife and it was like our home finances we were trying to do, I can't give her that big heart of time. I can tell her like, hey, this is this is a problem. Like, we got to make sure we're doing this right because it's a big deal. But like, I got to approach it totally different than if it was just my friend that I work with or something. So another you know? another mistake that I I did was what we did was there was no we didn't never talk about how to communicate when we were frustrated, mm-hmm. right? What I call the rules of the fight game, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you don't send a boxer or an MMA guy going in there with any rules. Yeah. Uh, when MMA did that, they were banned in every state in the union, mm-hmm. you know, but when they put rules in, it made it fair. Yeah. It made it fair for everybody. Mm-hmm. So in a relationship, once Sandra and I started talking about like, what can you say when you're mad? Can you call me a jerk? Or can you call me a hole or whatever those things are? <laughs> no, you can't call me that. You know, um, can 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 you give me time to think? Can you because Sandra's super intelligent and she can just and most females I'll just rattle stuff off from the you know twenty one years ago when we got married how I, I disappointed her, mm-hmm. um, and me I'm just like whoa 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 I I remember. Something you did to me too, uh-huh. you know, because she got me so frustrated that I can't even get my words out. It's like, oh, you don't remember when you disappointed me? It's like, look, I've disappointed you. <laughs> I don't remember. So let's all get of real it. here. I'm a big disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so I'm just disappointed. Right, and that's then, who and, I am. That's what you're saying to me. And then, and then, and then using like permanent words, permanent yeah, words. It's like, like you always, always do this. Forever, you never, never, yeah. Uh, or, or, you know, um, I don't know if I can do this anymore, you know, talking about breaking up the relationship and stuff like that. So it's, it's real important and not just fighting, but all areas of your relationship is to talk about things that are going to happen. You know, when, when I was a youth pastor, we talked about, listen, it's going to hard. It's going to be hard to say no when you're in the backseat of your car and you're having this passionate thing with your girl and y'all kissing and nobody's around unless you have already talked about this. Mm-hmm. To say this is as far as we're going to go, you might have a chance to stop at that point mm-hmm. if you've already talked about it. If you haven't talked about it, just kiss that goodbye and then just, you know, hope for the best. So it's just real important to make sure that that we talked about those things. And that's what I tell you. That's why Sandra and I's relationship is so amazing is because we talk about everything. Yeah. There's nothing off the table. Mm-hmm. The communication is open. And and then the other thing is like sometimes we'll look we'll both one of us or the other one be like wait 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 a minute what's going on here because then you can see the enemy like you know whispering in this ear or whispering in that ear and before you're you're saying things that you you don't really mean mm-hmm. and then stop reset and get back to the issue instead of because what happens is you're, there's this original issue yeah and then you start fighting and then, and then there's all this other stuff that's going on that's just noise yeah. yeah. And then you're not dealing with the issue. Most people are reactionary. So whenever, whenever some, you know, some infraction happens, they immediately go to offense mode. Mm -hmm. They put the shield up and then bring the sword out and they're Mm -hmm. ready to fight. Yeah. You know, talking about rules of the fight and all that. And, and just kind of, uh, I think a lot of my mistakes in, in, uh, in relationships and dating and those kind of things. It, it, it all had to do with that as well, because whenever I felt like they again, they didn't meet up to my fantasy of what they should have been. Right. And then I questioned them about it. Why aren't you like this? 
automatically you're already accusing them you're already putting them in a corner you mm-hmm. know and they, and the only thing that they know is fight or flight so either they're going to fight with you or they're going to leave you and that is not a way to go about you know living that's not life yeah and but man, I, you know one thing i think we can all agree upon is whenever we see people that just love drama in their relationship like like that's a bad sign like i i oh, why i don't get it Nobody's happy around like them. that stuff on TV when the the housewives or whatever, and they're always in some type of drama. Like I cannot live that way. They don't have anything going on in their lives. Like you got That's all it. the money in the world, you have all the things, and all you want to do is sit there and then argue over this stupid stuff. It gives you something to talk about. Gives you something to feel passionate about. I'm telling you, though, most people that love the drama, they got nothing going on. Nothing going on. I uh, you talk about fight or flight. I refuse. And, and not, of course, you don't have to worry about it anymore. But when I was when we were young in our marriage, Sandra and I would fight. Well, I would fight, and she would defend herself about meaningful things or just dumb things. No, so, I mean, like I was pretty, I was an idiot. You know what I'm oh, saying? Okay. There was some stuff that we should, she should have been fighting about. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but I refused, like to sleep on the couch. Yeah, I'm like, nah, I ain't sleep on the couch. You go sleep on the couch, like. This is my bed too. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what I think one of the things that kept us together is because I refused to leave, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and if people would refuse to leave and, and stay and work things out. And I used to say, like, don't let the, you know, don't go to bed on your anger. Man, there's times that it wouldn't have been good if we would have stayed up yeah. and fought, you yeah. know? Um, but sometimes the, the anger happens when you're laying in bed. Yeah. I mean, so there, there's times that I needed a night's sleep, you know, because yeah. we're, we're, it's already four o'clock in the morning. We're, we're fighting and we haven't got anything accomplished. Mm-hmm. Give me four hours of sleep. Let me wake up eight o'clock in the morning. Everybody's calmed down. You're only going four hours, dude. I'm well, you give me four hours of sleep and now we got to talk about something serious. <laughs> well, I'll be upset. It's, it's be better worse. than it's better than not getting any sleep at all. Give me yeah. a good night's sleep and then we can talk about it. Well, I, we, we were, I was talking to Ben. I've had someone, kids my whole life, yeah, yeah. So you, you're getting up by eight o'clock, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. No, I remember we, uh, I was talking to Ben at some point and he was telling me somebody was saying to him. Somebody in the youth group or something was saying like, "Yeah, the Nissan guys—they're real—they're like really nice usually, but uh, first, or maybe Ben was telling him, but he was saying something about like we're usually really nice, but if you take if you mess with our sleep." Then like we're not nice at all anymore. Poking a bear. Oh man, that's yeah. Calvin. Calvin. And I remember, not... <laughs> and I remember that. Uh, Shout out Calvin. And actually, I remember this is funny because this is when we uh, were going on one of the uh, the what's it called we went up trips to, yeah one of the trips with the ascension group yeah i can't remember which one it was though and ben was telling me that on the trip that like he just had this conversation with somebody and then we're all like trying to sleep that night or whatever and you know it's like a camp thing so like it's the bunk bed dorms everybody's in the same room or whatever so you just hear everybody if you're up mm-hmm. and i remember i uh tried to go to sleep at like midnight we're supposed to get up at seven <laughs> And uh, and it was like three in the morning, and I still hadn't fallen asleep. No, it's like three thirty in the morning. Still hadn't fallen asleep because some people were talking. And at some point, like I was finally about to fall asleep, and then somebody like made a big noise because they were just joking <laughs> around and screwing around. And I like turned over and I I like smacked the bed, and I was I I went That's off. Enough. 
That's when Patrick <laughs> David comes out in the tidy whiteies. Yeah. That's yeah, enough. That's enough. Everybody go to bed. And I like went off on whoever it was, and I, uh, yeah, and then nobody made a single noise for the rest of the night. And then uh, well, waking up the next morning, I was like, I had to go apologize. So I was like, Hey, man, I mean to be so mean to you know, but I was like, honey we, were, we were just talking about this. Like, you mess with my sleep. That's the one time I'm just like. All of my uh, all my energy that usually goes towards being nice and polite and stuff is just not there. <laughs> he said it's extreme, and it just goes off. When I'm mad, dude, I'm mad, but I got to keep that away. So yeah, awesome. Well, guys, appreciate you hanging in there with our uh, our love series here in February. Uh, with the, I think we've hit on quite a bit of things about relationships and love and different things like that. This is just some of our experiences. We, yeah. we don't claim to have all the answers or know everything, but we do know what we've been through and what God has brought us through. For and, real. Um, and find yourself some accountability. If you're struggling with this and all that, and you really just want to, you know, you don't want to be a scumbag for the rest of your life, find some, <laughs> yeah. find, find some accountability. I did want to add before it was over, most of these issues that you're going to deal with, uh, it all, most of it comes through, like I said before, the communication issue, but even before that, it's your own, it's dealing with your own ego. Yeah. Like, why don't you want to go have that conversation? Because you're going to feel embarrassed, because you're going to feel lesser or whatever you have to deal with you why do you have to you know quote win the fight or whatever Mm. because it's your own ego trying to make yourself feel good and pick it up like you need some humility in your relationship and go talk about it and you'll probably be all right you know before the youngest guy in the room all that wisdom for real one thing that i wanted to mention that was just brought up i remember having another conversation with another young man and this young man he always wanted to date a 10 you know, I'm not talking about being married. You know, that's a whole nother thing. You, if you're married, your wife is a 10, no matter what. She's hey man, you got to have time. goals, you know? you know? But, but see, but, but start off with a six, <laughs> work your way up. No, no, but see, but, but this, Get but, hired this at the company but this first. guy, this guy always got in trouble with the tens in quotes, uh-huh. tens, right? Uh-huh. Always got in trouble with them because they're these little, you know, uh, Push up Pop Tart looking. I mean, I take you know, a solid eight any day. It, it, <laughs> and it never works it's out for with him. With a personality. Like, yeah. Like, I've known the, I mean, eights are not as. Uh, I've, known this, I've known this kid, and he's a man now, but I've, I've known him ever since he was a kid. And and it's like, I, told, I sat him down, and I'm like, you need to stop messing with these tens because it never works out for you. Because these tens are only interested in dating 20s, and you're not. <laughs> Shit, the Tims kept giving you change, boy. <laughs> Is that they're always going to be chasing the bigger, better deal. Yeah. Oh, man. Right? The bigger, better yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. And somebody's always going to come around with more money, more knowledge. They're going to look better than you. Better jawline. Yeah, yeah. All, all of that. A little more hair. All of <laughs> Come on. We almost got through this whole thing. We almost got through it. That one was for Julie. Hashtag Julie. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks for hanging in, and we love you. This is The Refuge Project.